You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. I love this house. I love this family. We came here over five years ago. Um, we'd been in ministry before. We'd gone to a lot of places. Um, we walked into the, the back door on our first Sunday here, and I sat right back in that corner. And um, uh, one of the team members came to greet us, Matt, and um, love him and Rachel. So thankful for them. But I knew from the first moment that, that this house honored, honored God um, Kept, kept two values so close, and that's family and worship. And I think that that's so important. And I'm so, I'm, uh, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful to be able to be speaking this morning and sharing and imparting uh, what I feel like God has, has put on my heart. Um, and I'm excited. We're going to have fun this morning. You ready? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's go ahead and get that, that first slide on the back. <clears throat> um. I've got props for today. I think we're going to have a blast. Um, it's going to get a little bit serious before it gets, before it gets funny, but we're going to have a great time. You with me? Yeah. All right, let's go. Um, so uh, I want to talk this morning on hearing heaven. And, and my whole journey has been around the prophetic and hearing the voice of God and also equipping others to be able to do that as well. Now, I say hearing, but... I, I believe that as a priesthood of believers that we have, each one of us, we have the ability to be able to hear the voice of God for ourselves. Oftentimes, it's not more to be able to hear the, God, the voice of God because we're actually already hearing him. It's oftentimes just recognizing the voice of God. It's oftentimes that we don't recognize that he's speaking to us when he is actually speaking to us. And so I want to, to help to... Um, to, to bring you along a little bit further in your journey to hear the voice of God, to recognize the voice of God in the ways that he's speaking to you, how he's speaking to you, and how you can hear him more clearly. And I, and I think that we're going we're gonna to be able to, to get into a few things um, that are really going to help unlock some stuff. One of my, my greatest um, uh, missions is to demystify the prophetic. I think it's so accessible. It's so accessible for every single one of us to be able to hear and recognize the voice of God and also to be able to give that away to the world around us. And, and so in doing that, we actually are uniquely positioned um, to be able to, to give that away to the rest of the world, that we're uniquely positioned to be the voice of God to the rest of the world. You know, in the Old Testament, we had prophets um, that were prophet singular that, that uh, became overcome with the spirit of God and God spoke through them. But now in a priesthood of believers, we all have the ability to be able to hear and recognize the voice of God. So God moved from being on one singular person or in his sovereignty on one singular place to being on a priesthood of all believers. That's really good news because of what we were able to enter in through Jesus. And I, I, talked a little bit about this in the opening, but it's through Jesus that we entered in to the, the abiding glory, the, the relationship that we have, um, that we can actually access the thoughts of God. And how good is that? That the creator of the universe is speaking to us. That the creator of the universe thinks about us, dreams about us, hopes for us, has a plan and a purpose for us. That, that he he has promises over our lives and promises that he puts his reputation to. I think it was 2005, I had a really powerful dream um, where God in it showed up, and I won't um, confuse you with a lot of the, the symbology, um, but he said, I am God. In that big, loud, boomy voice, I am God, and I keep my promises. He revealed himself to me as the promise-keeping God. You have promises over your life. You have prophecies over your life. You have things that God is going to accomplish in and through you. And 
what I, what I recognized most powerfully in that is that he signs his name. It's with his name that he is going to accomplish everything. Now, prophecies and promises take partnering. We have to enter into those things. We have to uh, prepare and position ourselves to be able to walk through those doors as they're presented to us. And if we don't align our life to, to be able to, to be in that place, um, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us to walk through that door when we're not prepared for it. So I want to be able to equip you um, to be able to hear the voice of God, to recognize how he's speaking so that you, on the day that you are ready to walk into the promises and the fulfillment of what he has uh, planned for your lives, that you feel prepared, that you feel that you are connected uh, into, the, into the holy place, that you feel connected to the voice of the Father who loves you and has prepared this promise over your life. Amen? Amen. Um, sorry, I left the clicker down there. Appreciate that. Um, I was reading a New, uh, New York Times article in, in preparation for, for this, or actually just started reading it um, initially, and then this message just started developing my heart. Um, I work with a prayer team here uh, at, at the gate. We uh, raise up, train up, and equip individuals to be able to uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, feed the poor, um, you know, the, the great commission, but also how to hear the voice of God. And, um, and so uh, in, in that training and, and preparation, um, you know, I, I'm used to speaking on the prophetic, but this is what grabbed me the most as I started preparing this message. And so I've got some slides up here, so that way uh, it's not just a, a huge amount of information for you to take in. But the quote said from the New York Times, um, uh, if you look throughout history, whenever there was some sort of upheaval or some sort of collective anxiety in society, the interest in psychics shot up. According to data from Yelp, interest in businesses in the supernatural readings category more than doubled in April 2020. I want you to put yourselves for just a moment back into 2020. I want you to reconnect with that feeling of the unknown, the uncertainty. Where are we going? What is happening? As the news report started rolling out, what is this? We didn't know what it was, where it was coming from, <laughs> but we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to act. We didn't, we didn't know what the protocols were. We didn't have any of that. We were shut in our houses. But one thing that we had as believers is we had the peace of God in Christ Jesus. But there was a world of unbelievers that were in a world of hurt, that were in a world of fear, that they didn't know what to do. They were scrambling. They were scrambling. And so they went to anywhere that they could in order to be able to find peace, to find uh, destiny, to find purpose, to find what was next. And who answered a lot of those calls were, were psychics, mediums, and modern witchcraft. And it is my heart to be able to empower a bride that is so uh, in love with her bridegroom, that is so leaning onto the heart of, of Jesus, that is so equipped and so powerful that the world, when something happens, they come looking for us. I want us to be able to position ourselves so that when, when the world is in fear, we're the ones that answer that call. John said something so powerful uh, to me that's always stuck with me. He said, what would it look like if Christians ran into problems? What if we ran into the fight first? And so this is, this is a fight that's on my heart is I don't want to see the world going into further oppression because that's really what's happening is they're, they're parting, partnering with demonic spirits. And, and in that, they're bringing themselves, when what they're looking for is peace, what they're looking for is promise, what they're looking for is destiny, and they're getting further and further and further into oppression. 
Looking for answers in our modern culture, people turn to psychics, mediums, and mainstream witchcraft. Uh, a majority of people still believe in supernatural encounters, but 64% of people believe in paranormal activities and psychic abilities. Um, the only ghost that haunts my house is the Holy Ghost. Um, <laughs> uh, from, from 1990 to 2008, uh, Trinity College in Connecticut ran three large detailed uh, religion surveys, and those that have shown that Wicca, um, that is the practice of witchcraft, grew tremendously over this period. From the estimated 8,000 Wiccans in 1990, that they found that there were more than 340,000 practitioners in 2008. Um, there, is, there is a movement, I believe, that um, we're seeing within our modern culture, and I'm not throwing this on any generation because you can see that even some of those statistics were um, from, from longer ago, but there's, there's a move in our modern culture to move towards a, a modern witchcraft and uh, to, to start uh, divining through crystals, to start pulling on um, uh, herbs and, and uh, witchcraft and summoning things and um, to be able to find peace. Uh, and they start meditating on these things, and really they're just opening themselves up to deception, opening themselves up to doorways for demons. And, um, and, and so it's in my heart to be able to, to equip believers so that not that we can bring condemnation on these things, but that we can actually bring the answer. I want us to be able to be the answer. And that's what Jesus was um, when, he, when he gave a word of knowledge um, to the, the, the woman at the well. And he said, if, if um, you know, he was talking about the woman at the well having, you know, um, it's, it's true that you say you, you don't have a husband, but you actually have, have had five husbands. Um, and uh, it wasn't that he was, he was talking about her, her sin of, of divorce and remarrying or anything like that. It wasn't that he was bringing that up. But what he was saying is in the next stanza, he says, if you knew who was in front of you, You'd ask me for a drink, and I would give you living water. In him, we have the river of life. In him, we have everlasting life. We, in, in him, by his stripes, we are healed. Um, we, we sang about it this morning, and it's so important for, for us as believers to understand who our source is, who our head is that he is the head for the body that we are a part of, and the, the body is made up of many parts, and, um, and, and all, all of those parts need to be able to be positioned to hear the voice of God and to be able to move in power, move in signs and wonders. Signs and wonders will follow who? Those that believe. We have put our trust in Jesus, and so we are meant to have a lifestyle of miracles, we should have evidence of miracles following our lives. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, does God speak? How does he speak? Um, and, and lay a little bit of this out before I kind of dive into some of the different ways that he speaks or, or how to recognize his voice. Um, we see in Deuteronomy 5, 24, this, this first line here, uh, we have heard his voice. We have seen this day that God speaks with man. The context of this is uh, Moses is on the mountain. He has just delivered uh, the Ten Commandments, and the elders are saying this. We have heard his voice. We have seen this day that God speaks with man. Um, the, the other part of this that I clipped off because it didn't fit on the slide, <laughs> um, that that. That God, has, um, that God speaks with man and can live. Because there was so much fear in them that they would die if they encountered God. Um, I want to go to Jesus' words uh, next. And, and he is revealing himself in John 10 as the good shepherd. Um, and this, I think, really sets the good context for uh, where we need to go with the prophetic and, and understanding that God is in um, his constant shepherding of us, that he is the good shepherd, that he wants to invest into us and continually be a part of our lives, that he is, he is there watching over us, watching for us. Um, and, and so it says, uh, 
my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. He was making this distinction about flocks, but also in that context, he was talking about um, the children of Israel, not only the children of Israel being his flock, but uh, he also says, there's a flock that you do not know of that will also be my flock, bringing in Gentiles. And that's, that's what he's saying is, is everyone, 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 everyone can hear my voice. I am their shepherd and they hear my voice. And he has come for that exact reason so that we could enter in and be able to hear and know his voice. And this is, this is what we're entering into. So John 17 says, righteous father, um, although the world has not known you, I know you, and they know um, that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love that you have for me may be in them and I in them. And so Jesus came so that we could have this connection, this, um, this communion into, the, into the, the fullness of the Trinity, right? So that we could have this full access into the Father and that I and them and you and me and I and them and you and me and it's in this this whole idea of of when we've come into being a new creation we've come into being a kinos a, a never before seen new creation of God we have entered into the fullness of this relationship in a divine nature in a divine exchange 2000 accounts that we see um of God speaking to man. Uh, you know, we see that with Adam and Eve, Noah, Enoch, uh, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, uh, the prophets, Job. Job got a talking to, didn't he? Um, we also see 21 dreams in the Bible. I'm not going to go a ton into dream interpretation today, um, but he can speak to us through our dreams. Who has dreams? Who believes that they've had a dream that had significance that God was speaking to them? Awesome. I know a big part of my prophetic journey growing up is I had tons of dreams. The, the earliest part of my prophetic journey was actually just walking in premonitions, that I'd have dreams about something two or three years in advance, and I'd walk in through a, a doorway into a restaurant or a, a business or to a friend's house, and then I'd, whoa, I had a dream about this, and I'd feel the presence of God in that moment. Um, 92 references to, to visions. We see scriptures talking about encounters, visions of God, uh, heaven uh, itself. John uh, had open visions of heaven um, and then heavenly beings as well. John, uh, sorry, Jordan was also talking about one with Isaiah, Isaiah 6, having visions of these things. And it's not anything to be scared of. It's not anything to um, uh, be afraid of. It's something that we're actually supposed to enter into naturally. We're naturally supernatural. Um, what God has developed in us is, is the way to be able to see him, hear him, know him. And he speaks to us in so many different ways. And so uh, I just want to make some of those distinctions uh, with this, this next slide. Um, typically, there's about three voices that we hear. Um, there's, there's the voice of God the voice of ourself, and the voice of the enemy. And the reason why I want to make these distinctions is I think that so much we have been equating words of God that are not of God, not in his character, in his nature, not in his covenant, that are, that are not of him, and that we have, we have so equated um, to, to his, his voice or the way that he speaks to us, and I'm going to get into some of the, the reasons why. So, um, so the voice, I'm going to make the quick distinction, the voice of the enemy is negative. Um, he's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the voice of the enemy is negative, destructive, fearful, accusatory, um, violates the, the nature of God. Um, the image or, or the vision or the word is afraid to be tested, um, and, and it often appeals to our ego and can be controlling. Um, we're on, on the exact opposite side. So we have the voice of the enemy, and then we have the voice of God, who's, who's the complete opposite of that. And, and we see, and it describes in the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the attributes of our king. 
These are the attributes of his nature, and this is the way that he speaks to us. Um, the words that he speaks to us are in line with Scripture. The fruits of the Spirit, they're instructive. They're, they're counseling. They're comforting. Jesus said, it's better that I go. It's actually better that I go so that the comforter can come. And this was all part of his design. The ascension into the, the heavenly place was to be able to release the Holy Spirit. So it's better that I go so that the comforter can come. Or the other, the other term in, in that phrase is, is teacher, so that the teacher can come. Um, Jesus also said that the, the Holy Spirit will bring all things that I've said to you to remembrance. And so this um, beautiful thing that we have that we can actually enter into the prophetic of, of just positioning ourselves to say, God, whatever it is that you have to speak to me, I will obey and open my mouth and you bring everything to remembrance. Um, when I make the classification between those two things, it becomes so much clearer. Everybody gets letters in the mail, right? What's, what's most of your mail, though? Junk mail. <laughs> you don't open your mailbox and excitingly open every single letter that's inside of it, do you? In the same way, you shouldn't receive all of these thoughts. Those that are destructive, negative, those that are junk mail, fearful, accusation, violates the nature of God, violates who he made you and created you to be, who he called you to be, what he thinks of you. That's what's so good about scripture is it gives us this baseline for, God, what is it that you think of me? And I'm not waiting on revelation, but I have scripture that says that you love me. And so you can quickly sort through the things that are junk. You can get out your spam filter. And when you start to, when you start to do that, that's, that is actually what happens. The more that you do this, the more quickly you're able to say, those are not your thoughts. And then you'll also be able to say, those are not my thoughts. Those are not my thoughts about me. That's not who I am. When you, when you position yourself with the understanding of who God made you and created you to be, you will quickly set up that spam filter to say, this is junk mail. So the, the clear definition oftentimes that I make for people um, are the voices of self and the voice of God. And the reason why I, I spend more time in here is because if we've made that clear distinction that this is the voice of the enemy, then we don't need to spend a lot of time there, right? I don't focus on him. I'm not impressed by him. Um, but the voice of self and the voice of God. But the voice of self is often familiar materials, um, repetitive uh, lists, internal diagnostics, what's going on in my heart. Anger is a great one. Anger is a great one. I'm going to take David's position on this one and say, when you get angry, praise God. Yeah. Really, when you get angry, praise God, because what it's showing you is, is an internal diagnostic of what's going on in your heart. Somewhere, you had an unmet expectation. That expectation was not met, and so you're angry. That's really all that anger truly is. You had a definition in your heart of what should happen, it didn't happen, so you're angry. I had an expectation that I would be able to get to church on time. There is a ton of traffic. I'm angry. <laughs> you know? Um, and so you can, you can actually diffuse those things when you realize, okay, this is something that's going on in my heart. And I can take this internal diagnostic, and I know now what to do with it. Um, and so much of it is to, one, recognize it. Um, yo, I thank you. You're, you're telling me something. My heart is telling me something right now that it's really important for, for me to pay attention to and then be able to actually bring that to the Father. Either redefine your expectations or bring it to the Father. Father, this is my disappointment right now. I didn't get that promotion like I thought I would. 
And so rather than sitting and stewing in your anger and, and showing up to work every week with anger, 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 and then you're just eating that bitter fruit all the time and it's just cycling in your body. Blech. I don't want that. Do you want that? I don't want that. Listen to your internal diagnostics. Listen to the voice of self. But there's a greater word that's up above that, right? So you can take that internal diagnostic and you can say, God, what is it that you have for me? What is it that you want me to see in this situation? How do you want me to respond? Well, actually, I've prepared something better for you than this promotion. I'm, I'm actually going to bring you somewhere else to a people that love you, believe in you, promote you, encourage you. Um, you guys ready for the fun part? <laughs> You're doing so great. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the, um, the types of prophecy. Um, sorry, I actually, I, I got my slides out of order, or in my mind, not, not here. Um, we're going to do the fun part in just a minute, but this is really fun to me. Um, <laughs> first, let's, 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 make this, uh, let's make this official. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. If you want to learn more about your spiritual journey, um, walk in the supernatural understanding, read Corinthians. Read Corinthians. The basis of this is, is individuals that were actually pagans, and then they get, they get transformed um, by the power and the love of God. And then, and then Paul is writing to them and giving them protocols, protocols for, hey, this is how you handle this. I was 18 years old, and, and, the, and the power of God I'm sorry, 21 years old, and the power of God landed on my life. And all of a sudden, I started having supernatural encounters um, where I was, I was seeing angels. I was feeling the, the power and the presence of God. It was making me knock down, roll around all on the floor. I was at a Presbyterian church. <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> but I'm okay. <laughs> so... Uh, but I had to learn. I had to go on a spiritual journey of, of being able to understand what was going on. So I, I put myself in a, in a Bible school um, to get my, my heart right and to also um, to, to really start to understand some of these things that were happening in my life. You know, um, I was having open visions as I was driving. That one's, that one's a pretty interesting one. Um, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you get this open vision on the screen of your mind. Um, uh, and uh, God was telling me and direct me different places to go within the city to, to uh, pray for healing for people. And we saw some people healed. It was really cool. God can do some amazing things. And we're going to talk about um, getting into some of the limitation thinking. But I want to talk about uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 first. And I'm debating whether or not I want to start at 2 verse 1 or... Are you okay if we read the word of God for a little bit? Is that all right? All right. Um, now concerning spiritual gifts, this is verse one. Brothers and sisters, I do, not, uh, I, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Come on. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus is cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except uh, by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Say the common good. You're doing so good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing um, uh, by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different, um, to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as who? As he wills. All right. Um, the thing that I'm going to, to highlight in there is, is, the, is the message of knowledge, the message of wisdom, um, and, and the faith of the spirit. 
Um, so I've, I've kind of made these a little bit um, more into classification, but oftentimes when I'm teaching people how to prophesy, these are the, 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 um, the ways that I can define what we're hearing and how we can respond to these differently. Um, and so I would classify these into words of revelation, words of knowledge, and words of wisdom. If you guys catch the spelling error there, you get extra points. <laughs> wisdom. Uh, wisdom. Um, all right. So, um, so I'm going to talk about a, a little bit of these, and I think we're still doing pretty good on time. So the destiny words, words of revelation. Words of revelation are future words, words of destiny. Um, these are what I was talking about earlier as far as prophecies take partnering. We need to be able to align ourselves. If God is speaking a word in the future, we need to be able to align ourselves with what he's saying. So if he's going to say, hey, I, um, you know, the word of, of, about, you know, writing books, like, you know, maybe you don't write anything. Um, maybe, you know, uh, you haven't typed a day in your life. Um, I don't know. Um, but, but being able to align yourself with, one, the gifting that he's imparting into you by saying, you know, I see you authoring books. Um, and then also positioning yourself with that promise and starting to learn about writing books. Start reading books on writing books. Start uh, equipping yourself for the day that he says, hey, I want you to start writing books. Now, this is the message that I put in your heart. Write this down. So destiny words, words of revelation are destiny words of things to come, future events and opportunities for stewarding and partnering with your prophecies. Words of knowledge. Typically, we see this in, in the demonstration of working of miracles, um, those signs and wonders that I was talking about. Words of knowledge oftentimes pop into your thoughts and that sm small, still voice that's in your head and, and often sounds like your thoughts, but are commonly the thoughts of God that we kind of disqualify. Um, so words of knowledge uh, in the working of miracles, we can see like getting, um, you, can, you can get this in so many different ways, but you might be feeling a, a pain in your wrist or a pain in your foot. Um, you might, oftentimes the way that words of knowledge work for me is I just have the word go through my head. Like I have the word go through my thinking. And it just sounds like my voice inside my head. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, MS, multiple sclerosis. Try to say that 10 times fast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get a list of different words of knowledge, and then I'll call them out. And then people will start popping up all throughout the room and start getting healed. And it's not my thoughts. It's not my ability. It's his ability. But I've partnered with him in a word of knowledge. So God's speaking a now word into your current circumstance, typically demonstrating healing the sick. Um, I would also say, and I, I included this, but it says a need for additional understanding. Um, and this is where I would, uh, I'm not going to talk about discernment or the d discerning of spirits or other things like that, but I think it's important for us in a word of knowledge because oftentimes the word, uh, the, the realm, the realm of revelation, our hearing is open. I'm going to go back to my first slide for a moment. The realm of revelation is open, and that's why we have psychics and mediums that can hear. There's, there's a revelatory realm that they can operate in, and they can hear things. You know, um, it's, it's, it's great in many ways, um, the way that uh, psychics and mediums have partnered with police departments to recover missing children or missing items or other things like that. The realm of revelation is open. There's a revelatory gift that these people were giving. They're just operating out of the wrong kingdom, right? right? And so there's a greater kingdom reality. There's a greater, um, uh, there's a greater understanding. You know, my, God, the scripture says, my ways are not your ways. My understanding is not your understanding. But God has invited us into, through Jesus, into his understanding that now we have the mind of Christ and that we can... Um, in this moment, when we receive a word of, of knowledge, we can ask him, God, what, it is, what is it that you want me to do with this? What is it that you have for me? Okay, I hear that they've got wrist pain. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to partner with this prophetic word right now? I want you to go over there and just yank their arm out. Don't do that. <laughs> um, uh, I, I want you to pray for that person. I want you to say, hey, you're, 
you've got, you've got pain in your wrist, don't you? Yeah, I do have pain in my wrist. Um, well, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus heals. I've seen some really cool stuff. Can I pray for you? Yeah, I'd love that. And then you pray for their, their wrist and it gets healed every time. That's exactly what happens. So, <laughs> um, the, the, the next one that I want to talk about is uh, the word of wisdom or widsom. Um, wisdom and strategy, counsel um, that the Lord gives us to walk out the steps of our prophetic destiny, specific instructions guiding us with uh, direction and hope. That's a good word, amen? Thanks, I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is, this is the, you know, if, um, if the word of knowledge, uh, if, the, if the word of revelation was, hey, we're going to Disneyland. Okay, when are we going? The word of knowledge, we're going now. Okay, how are we going to get there? What are the turns that we have to make? What is the strategy of, of the GPS points of telling me where to go? That's the word of wisdom. That is the word of counsel. Um, we see that when they rebuilt the temple. There was blueprints that were downloaded to them. We see that when they were building the ark, blueprints that were downloaded to them. Um, these, are, these are the downloads of God. These are the GPS points of God. And I really believe that, um, that we have seen in the 80s and 90s, you know, we saw the rise of the prophetic movement. Um, and, and I would think in the words of, of Revelation and Destiny, you know, uh, Kim Clement and, and all these other people that were talking about different things that were happening in the future. Um, and, and we see these things, Bob Jones, things that come to pass. Um, these are words of revelation. Um, we saw a great healing movement in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Catherine Coleman, William Brenaham, uh, Billy Sunday, like all these different guys. Um, when we saw amazing um, uh, words of knowledge being called out, healing movements that happened. We've got healing movements uh, with, with Randy Clark and and other things like that now. But I believe what we are about to see is the rise of the word of wisdom. And what this is going to take is this is going to take a bride that is leaning heavy on her bridegroom. This is going to take us positioning ourselves to lean heavy into him, um, into, into what he wants to do. And it's going to have to take a very, very humble heart because this can be very heady stuff. But I believe that it's also going to be a rise of the prophetic and the pastoral happening at the same time. The counsel that we're going to give when the world comes knocking at our door, when they're asking for something, I don't know what it is, but I, I need to get rid of all this fear that I'm feeling right now. The world is in chaos. What do I do? This is that word of wisdom. That is that word of wisdom. What it's going to take is a trusted bride being very careful and very cautious with her words. In social media right now, we are not very cautious or very careful with our words. And so it's going to be important for us to actually build or rebuild a value of trust with the world as believers. So that when that time comes, I have a a wealth of value, a trust value to be able to say this, uh, that, that the church is who I'm going to go to in this time of need. They're the ones that I trust. God, teach me how to hear your voice. And then also when they come to us, not only can they enter into relationship with Jesus, but they can hear this for themselves. Are we equipped and empowered enough to be able to say, hey, you can do this too. Not only can you have this for your family, but you can have this um, for the rest of the world. There was um, a, a story that I like to share. Powering through this water today. Can I show that to you? Um, we, I was uh, for some time ministering in the greater Toronto area in a little town called Stratford. And um, there was a, a, a young family, a, a father that came to me in desperation um, we were just working in the church one day, and he said, hey, can you, can you pray for me? Um, and really, it was one of my first encounters with a man, um, and he said, my, 
I found out that my daughter's been selling drugs at school. And I don't know what to do. Um, and, and so I did what I knew how to do in that moment, and that was pray for him. I asked for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon, her, uh, upon his family, and, and that I called her back into the destiny that she had, that the, the purpose, the plans that God had for her life, I called her back into that, that destiny. We filled that man full of the Holy Spirit that day. He goes home. He goes home and meets with his daughters and says, um, hey, this is, this is what happened to me today. I had somebody that prayed for me. Um, in that moment, the Holy Spirit jumps on her, and he says that she fell down and started writhing on the floor, uh, ended up in an encounter with God, comes back that Wednesday, and gets saved. <laughs> That's amazing. The story gets cooler. At six years old, she had a, a, a vision um, of, of an angel or a being that came to her and told her that she should start learning the harp. And so here's this young lady who not only gets saved out of drug dealing, um, you know, the, the, the oppression of, of what was happening, but then uh, in, in time soon after that, she's, she's encountering the power of the presence of God and then also joins our worship team and starts playing this beautiful harp. And, and has an anointing on her like David to be able to release peace. And it's so, it was so amazing. Um, then also the mother, the mother, and this is why I tie it, tie it into my story here. The mother had been desperately looking any place that she had been. There was a little Italian family. They were raised Catholic. She was going anywhere she could to, uh, to find answers for her family. Her husband went to the church. Um, she was... She was installing dream catchers and crystals and all this other stuff in her house. And, uh, and when she saw the evidence, not only of her husband um, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, her daughter coming back, she took all of her crystals, all of her um, dream catchers and everything like that and just threw them away. This is, this is what we want to see. Because we, we know we have real power. But I think what it's going to take is for us to be able to rebuild our trust, rebuild our, um, our trust and our value in the lives of others. And, and I really believe that we will see a movement powerfully of, of the word of wisdom. All right. You guys doing good? Yeah. All right. This is the fun part. <laughs> if you weren't having fun already, we're going to have some more fun. Um, so I want to, to talk with us, uh, to talk to you about dealing with idols. Oftentimes when we have something in our heart, similar to what I was talking about earlier, if we have anger in our heart or we hold on to the resentment, that can, that can often stay in our lives as a lens or an idol of, of which we start to view God or which we start to interact with God, praying through an idol. God, I, I thank you that you're going to give me this job, this position, this is mine. And then when that disappointment comes, what do we do? We can either have that internal diagnostic of what I'm talking about, but oftentimes what happens is we have that growing disappointment. And, and we say, God, you let me down. But the thing was is that we actually had an idol in our heart that was blocking us from really hearing what he had to say. Because any thoughts that we have that were counterintuitive to that, that result happening, we're going to dismiss, right? And so it's important for us to deal with the lenses. You guys ready? <laughs> to deal with the lenses, my big purple bag. We need, to deal, we need to deal with the lenses that we have put in our heart because oftentimes they can color how we see God. They can, they can color how we interact with God. These things can be so many different things. These, these can be, um, you know, this can be disappointment. These can be um, generational understandings that we pass down. How I see myself or I see God can be a generational understanding that I've received from my parents. 
the way that they have, um, I'll, I'll pose for the camera right now, um, but the way that they have, um, the way that they saw God oftentimes becomes, unless we have a, a radical encounter of our own individual faith, we're going to receive a lot of their filters, their lenses, when we uh, view God. And we're going to keep this generational understanding until we deal with it, until we take that thing off. These can be also, you ready for it? I haven't tried this one on yet, so I actually hope it fits. It can be denominational understandings. <laughs> and you can walk around with a scowl on your face because you don't believe that God is good and you don't believe um, that, that God heals and you don't believe all of these different things. You can have this denominational understanding that the, that the kingdom of God, posing for more cameras, um, it's all right. Throw it all over social media. Um, we can have these, these denominational understandings of, and lenses through the, which we view God. And it's important for us to actually remove those things. And oftentimes we have a key word of just calling those ungodly beliefs. Ungodly beliefs. Ungodly understandings that block us. from hearing or seeing God uh, in the way that he actually wants to reveal himself. The greatest thing is that, that God continues to be faithful to us, and he reveals himself to us, even though we have a lot of this. But our filter through which we interpret it or, or how we understand him, we can continue to build up these, these things in layers and layers and layers um, through, through our understandings. And you start looking ridiculous, don't you? So I can do all of these things or, I, you know, understanding that this may be, for some of you, a starting point. This may be a starting point to say, God, what are the ungodly beliefs that I have in my life about you? What are the things that I've believed about you my entire life that you want to change? I'm good. That the goodness of God is the beginning to a lifestyle of miracles. That you can heal the sick. Oh, broke those. <laughs> and son, I want you to know that I love you. And that you can hear me every day for your life. That I want to be for you a great shepherd. That my sheep hear my voice. And so we can come into this understanding that God has created for us this relationship, and we can do away with those idols. So in the second picture, you can see that free flow with the lenses not in there or idols. You're going to have circumstances. You're going to have issues that arise. You're going to have things that come up, but it's, it's important for us to keep our hearts clear, to keep our eyes clear in that way so that when disappointment comes, trouble comes, that we can say, God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on in my heart. I can, I can tell that this is what's happening in my heart. What do you have to say about it? Teach me your ways. Or that when, a, when, the, when the world um, is, is coming to us, that we can actually lead them through this. Thank you so much. I didn't plan for not having hands. I want us to be a powerful bride. I want us to be a beautiful bride. And what we do so much, I didn't spill on myself, through, oh, I did. Um, <laughs> through revelation, and even, even so much of, of what I was talking about is not just unbelievers, but it's in the church. It's in the church. And that's what I think that we've done such a great job at in, in this house. Um, and, and I'm so thankful for individuals. One of the, the individuals that's coming um, is, is Bill Vanderbush. The way that he gives revelation is like listening to a machine gun, man. Um, and that's what being a reformer is really about. Reformation is really about. When we start to peel off these things, these generational understandings, and get closer 
to the bride or closer to the bridegroom. Um, I, I love prophecy. I love being able to prophesy over people because it actually positions me to be able to, to, to hear the thoughts of the Father and who the Father sees them to be. And oftentimes people will thank me uh, for prophesying over them, but honestly, I'll thank them. I thank God in that moment. Um, some people will be like, oh, you just prophesied over a bunch of people. Don't you feel tired? No, I've just been in the presence of my father hearing these thoughts about you or about them. And I get to see people in so many different ways. And it's such a glorious honor that when we look at the world, we don't see them. And that can be a lens for us as well. And so I want to repeal that today, that we don't see people um, in, in these other religions, but we see people that are, that are really entering into deception and oppression and that, that need a kingdom reality change. They need Jesus. And they need Jesus with love and to be greeted with love. And so that we can share that love that he has shown us with the rest of the world. And that we will be known by our love. That we will be a bride so awakened that we are known for our love. The demonstration of our love. The demonstration of miracles. The demonstration of the kingdom of the, of the bridegroom whose bride we are. That we have been so united with him that we live in such connection with him that, that our desire, our design becomes our function. And we just want to see heaven brought to earth. That's the cry of my heart. I love that song that we were singing this morning about spirit break out. Because I believe that it's so much of the message of this house. Praise and the spirit breaking out. I want the world to hear the roar of heaven. The authority of God, but demonstrated through love, miracles, and signs and wonders. And that's really where we need to go. Uh, Rachel posted this, this photo as I was preparing this message. I saw this photo that was coming up on my Facebook feed, and uh, I just wanted to share it with you because I feel like it's, it's dramatic, and um, I, I just love it. Um, but renewing our minds, Romans 12 says, 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what is good, pleasing, and uh, perfect will of God. It's important for us uh, to renew our mind, renew our understandings, enter into kingdom understandings and kingdom realities. And that's why we have to read scripture. That's why we have to go back to the word. Um, and, and what it does is it reorients us with his words um, and who he is. Um, in the beginning, um, the word was with God and the word is God. So if we want to enter into his word, we need to read the word. It reorients us. It's, it's, the, it's the good mail. It's the love letters that we want in our mailbox. Yeah. It's the one that needs to get past the spam filter. <laughs> we need to be able to, um, one thing I love is Jesus so often uh, talked about the kingdom. The kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like. And, and there was, um, uh, in that day, there was a demonstration of, of when people came to a, a new town or a new city, um, they would, and they were representing, if they were ambassadors from another country or another territory, they would bring wagons full of what their kingdom or their ter territory was like. And they would show and demonstrate, this is what my kingdom is like. This is what, you know, the, we have the finest silks. We have the, the finest spices. We have all of this. And, and really, that's what we're doing when Jesus is saying the kingdom is like, um, and, and not only is the kingdom like that, but we also get to say this is what the kingdom is like. These are my sons and daughters who can actually do the things that I'm doing, and greater things will they do. So when we do miracles, signs, and wonders for the working of gifts, when we prophesy over people, we're revealing what the kingdom is like, who our Father is like. And that's what I want to see. 
That's the desire of my heart. But it's important that we, that we get this so that we can do that clearly. Um, it's allergy season. I always joke that North Carolina has three seasons and a color. Uh, there's summer, fall, winter, and yellow. Um, but I, I, we, were, we were out at a farm the other night. My eyes began itching so bad. And I went out and I, I got some eye drops. I just sat in the car kind of just flushing them. Um, and, uh, but, and then I, I read this verse um, later when I got home. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the, uh, the light is within you, uh, within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So it's, it's important for us um, to not only uh, to guard what comes out of us, but to guard what comes into us. What we're watching, what we're looking at, what we're participating in, top of some of that social media stuff that I was talking about. I love social media, um, but it's, it's really important how you use it, how you partner with it. Um, you can use it as a platform for good and affect change, or you can um, let it affect you. Um, and so I, I just want to encourage you with that. I'm going to land this in a moment. Um, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, this is a great teaching moment. I'm feeling the unction of the Holy Spirit in this moment. God, what is it that you want to do? And I just position myself to listen. What is it that you want to do? So much of what we do here, even on a Sunday morning, are, are just, I always say it, like being like buoys for the waves of God so that when he comes in, Bing, ding, ding, ding. We can, we can just make that noise. That his, if we ride the wave of God, we will make some noise. And so let's just position ourselves to be able to hear him. Hmm? Thank you, Lord. I'm going to do a couple of things here in just a moment. Um, I just wanted to read this uh, about Abraham really quick. And this is talking in Romans. This is Romans 4 um, about Abraham. As it is written, I have made you the father to many nations. He is our father uh, in sight in whom Abraham believed. Um, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that did not exist. That's good news right there. He believed hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what has been so spoken, so will your descendants also be. Um, I'm going to read a little bit further uh, into, into verse 20. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness because he fully believed, he was fully convinced of what God had called him to do. What is God calling you to do? What is God speaking to you right now? What is it that you've believed about God? What is it that, um, that God wants to do, change, transform in your life through the renewing of your mind? Be awakened, beautiful bride. Be awakened to the things that God wants to impart and release to you, the way that he's speaking to you. Come on, let's just stand real quick. Wow. Holy Spirit, I, I feel your presence in here this morning. I feel your presence being powerful and impactful this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are speaking to us. Wow. And you're teaching us about how you speak. You're teaching us uh, about how you communicate and you have this beautiful love letter of scripture and that you also speak to us individually. Father, I'm thankful that you have plans and purposes over the lives of every person in this room. Wow. I thank you that you are shaking and, and rattling off. Let's just, can we just do that as an activation? Can you just shake a little bit? 
get out your inner Taylor Swift and just shake a little bit. Just shake off, shake off those, those denominational understandings, shake off those generational behaviors, shake off um, those, those thoughts, those labels. I see some people that have had labels um, over them, over their lives for so long. Wow. Yeah, can I get some music? Um, that you've had, you've had labels over your lives for so long and that God wants to take some of those labels off. You are not those labels. You are not what somebody spoke over you, but you are actually the, the quality, the nature of who God says you are. You are who God says you are. You will do the things that God says you're going to do. Wow. Because with all honor of his name, he backs his promises. That he is the God of promises. And that he will fulfill everything that he has said that he will do. Wow. And I just call forward in the same way that I spoke over that young lady. Um, I sent the word. But I send the word over you right now. Wow. I send the word for your destiny. I send the word for your promises. I send the word for your prophecies. And I, I, I speak to those words that maybe have been buried for years, and I tell them to wake up. Wake up right now. Father, I thank you for the power and the authority that I feel right now in this moment. Father, I call those things um, that were dead back to life right now. I send the word, and I say, come to life right now. Come to life right now. And Father, that you would bring about those things, that you would start stirring. I, I, feel, I feel inspiration coming in this moment. I feel, um, I feel the, the stirring of things that are happening, that God can bring about not only life, but he can bring about inspiration, imagination, and that, that when those prophecies and promises are coming back to the forefront of your mind, you start to partner with them and see them in a completely different light than you ever saw them before. Wow. Father, I ask for fire on that now. I ask for fire on, on momentum. Father, I speak and release and impart in the name of Jesus momentum. For those individuals that feel like they've been stuck or haven't been accessing another level, ha, I ask for momentum to be released now in Jesus' name. Father, would you let the builders build? 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 Father, would you release uh, blueprints to the architects right now? Father, I thank you for, for downloads. I thank you for impartations. I thank you for increase right now, that you're releasing words of wisdom and words of strategy, that you're imparting this all over the room. Wow. Father, that our ways will become your ways. Our thinking will become your thinking. Wow. That, Father, that we can see business through a whole light. That, Father, that we can respond to the calls of, of those that are looking for something so much more. Wow. I call family members that are, not, um, that are not Christians, that are not believing. I call you back right now. I call you back now. Father, I thank you for the ambassadors, the representations of, of the, the individuals in this family um, that, that, are, that are here today. Wow that are standing in for, for one of their family members right now. And I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And I call you back. Wow. I call you back. That God is better than you could have ever imagined. And the hurt and pain that you experienced. Wow. Pales into, in comparison to what God can give you. Those that were hurt by the church, those that were oppressed by the church. I speak and release. Um, wow, this is interesting. I, I, I ask for your forgiveness. Yeah. On behalf of the church, I ask for your forgiveness. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. What leaders said, what leaders did. Wow, I'm so sorry. but I call you back now into right relationship with the Lord. Wow. And that he loves you and that he will be your, your instructor, that he will teach you, that he will guide you, that he will be your good shepherd. Jesus said in, that, in the, John 10 that I am the door. I am the door. No one comes to the Father except through me. <laughs> That's a scandalous thing to say right now. Wow. 
but Jesus is standing at the door and waiting for you to come in. He's here, not with punishment, but with arms open and, and ready to love. If you're here, even visiting for the first time, I just wanna say that this is the God that we serve. He is the God of love, and we will be a people of love, and we will love and receive you. And, and it is my greatest joy to be able to, to introduce you to Jesus. Father, I thank you for the spirit of awakening. I thank you for the spirit of revival being released into our land. Father, I thank you for, for your, your miracles and your signs and wonders being released over a people that are hungry to demonstrate what your kingdom is like. Whoa! And so, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask for a, a release right now. I, I speak and release an impartation of miracles, signs, and wonders. Wow. Father, let them do the stuff. I thank you, Lord, that you said the kingdom is at hand, and the kingdom is in their hands, God. That believing in you, they can, they can follow, um, follow you, and that, that signs and wonders follow those that believe God. Wow. God, would you give us such an awareness, such a heart for the world around us. Father, that we would be able to stop for the one, love the one in front of us. Wow. And be able to demonstrate your love. Rekindle our hearts for that. Rekindle our hearts for your love. For the simple things, the simple gospel. Wow. The burning, passionate love that you have for us and that we get to share and give that away. God, I thank you. I thank you for how good you are. Let us see you rightly, know you, and love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, it's my honor at this time to call forward our prayer team. We have a prayer team here. If you need somebody to pray for you, prophesy over you, um, uh, to, to believe with you, to stand in faith for, for one of these, you know, um, unbelievers or other things like that, some of a family member, we want to pray with you. Um, we want to come alongside of you and, um, and empower you. So um, I bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Have an amazing week. This is an incredible month that we get a partner into the resurrection of our Lord. And I just bless you, bless you today with resurrection, life, and power in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to The Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message or sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.